0: It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional. I'm here with Charlie Eastman. He's a pastor at Pilgrim Congregational in Southboro. And I'm here with Jonathan Malone, and he's the
1: pastor at First Baptist Church East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Why can't I say East? East Greenwich.
0: East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Well, I know that in Mystic, that's the way they say East, is East. Oh, is it? Isn't it? I mean, that's...
1: Sorry, I've been gone too long.
0: Oh yes, you've lost your your thick Mystic. I've, I've been
1: actually no, I've, I'm equally gone. I'm, I was 25 when I technically moved out of Mystic, mm-hmm. and I'm 50 now. So oh. I, I have now equilived years on either side of that
0: divide. Wow! But enough about me. Yeah, hey, it's it's good to see you, Charlie. Good to see you as well, Jonathan. What what do you got going on at East Greenwich? Well, we had I, I'll tell you, last weekend we had just a fantastic weekend. We had people dropping off food here here which was great we collected all that and then at the same time uh, we had some of some of the women in the church or the women's alliance were just cooking like crazy making these turkey dinners and they delivered 49 dinners to people in the congregation is it Thanksgiving in
1: Rhode Island? Is that some weird yeah, Rhode Island yeah, thing? That most people don't know.
0: Um, yeah, Roger Williams. Roger Williams. Of he, course. He said, uh, "We will not have Thanksgiving with everyone else.
1: Out of the tyranny of others' Thanksgivings." That's
0: yeah. He said, "We're going to have our own Thanksgiving." Gosh so darn do it! We do it in May. We do it in May. We do our main okay. Thanksgiving.
1: Fantastic.
0: No, it was um, it was the joy that people got when when you know they called ahead of time, said we're going to drop off a meal, and they just got this. Home cooked meal that all you had to do was put it in the microwave and you were Hmm. good to go. Nice. Um, Yeah, it was really just a wonderful. Whose whose idea is
1: a thing like that?
0: That came one of the women. She someone donated two turkeys to her, Uh and she said, "Well, let's just make them and give them to people in the church." Praise God. Okay, so let's just point this out for a minute because
1: occasionally I get overwhelmed by uh, by the idea that the the pastor is the one that has to generate every program in the church. Mm-hmm. And saying that out loud, I know it's not a fact, but I want people of faith to hear yeah. that people of faith in congregations are the drivers of most of our healthy mission projects, in my opinion. yeah, it's It's not... Top down, If you could even call it that when the pastor demands a, a project, but, but so many missions projects are the work of people of faith in the pews who are saying, we want to express our faith in a, in a different way. And yeah. Thank God for that person.
0: And, and then one other thing happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I want to echo everything you said, especially these con- our congregational churches, where we are mm-hmm. very emphasized, heavy, C- heavy emphasis on the congregation. That's the a people. good distinction. Um, so at the end of the service on Sunday, because it was Pentecost, mm-hmm. I said, um, I had it all set up, but I made it look spontaneous. I talked about how welcoming in the Holy Spirit is kind of like getting a bucket of water thrown on you, that you're going to be uncomfortable, you're going to get all wet. Um, and then during the last hymn, I went outside and was singing outside. And, you know, I had, like I said, set up. Uh, the, one of the, the guys who's usually there, one of my crew, he dumped a bucket of water on me. Nice. Right? And I just all bounds and everything yeah. like that. Unbeknownst to me, then he also sprinkled a whole veil of glitter <gasps> on me. <sighs>
1: Wow!
0: And my See the spirit moves. Right, right. And so here's what happened. I went through stages of of grief of sorts because <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate glitter, Charlie. I oh yeah, really, it gets really, in everywhere. And I, you have lovely, curly, thick hair. Yeah, that would. I'm still finding it. That, yeah, I'll many you are. days later. Um, but you know what he did? He made my point even more. Hmm. Because the point was that you get changed and and it impacts you in ways. You, and I'm finding these little bits of glitter. And so now I'm making a point to say, this is a way in which God continues to nag me and Wonderful. to remind me. So it was something I initially was like, how dare you? I didn't say that to him, but that was my right. inward reaction. But yeah. afterwards I'm like, no, actually he did the right thing.
1: The, these are the kind of joyful, exuberant Flashes of God's grace
0: we get when we don't
1: leave ministry to the ministers.
0: Yeah, see, so important. We so important, folks. That why they pay us is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that'll be enough of that. Moving, <laughs> yeah. moving swiftly how, along. How are things going with your community, Charlie?
1: They are going great. Sorry, no glitter or douses of water. I had a a very, um, I, I had a poignant word with the congregation for my mm. sermon on uh, Sunday in response to the murder of George Floyd and the yeah. unrest we've experienced since. And my my tone, I'll we'll, we'll speak more about it during this podcast because we're going to address that topic. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a, a special meeting of interested parties in Southboro. Those uh, who are part of the No Place for Hate Network in Southboro are going to meet 10 a.m. today for a, for a call, and we're going to try and figure out how we respond to these events, what mm. actions we take, what we're going to do is people of faith to represent our faith in the midst of this crisis. So, it's it's an important time right now. Yeah, and um, and great great work. I hopefully go hopefully going on. So it was that's I, where we're at.
0: That it's right around Pentecost is certainly uh, meaningful.
1: Yeah, we're talking about the fire, the tongues of fire of the Holy Spirit, while cities burn.
0: It's um, yeah.
1: The the irony is not lost.
0: Yeah. Well. Good. Well All Right. I, yeah, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Jeez. But Yeah, I, this isn't gonna be our most happy go lucky no. session, is it? No, I don't know, it's not.
1: And sorry folks, your escapism is not here. And your faith doesn't always get to provide you with an escape from the real problems of the world. Sometimes your faith has to talk about the real problems of your world from a faith perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great way to place a start. Um that, yeah, there, there is an aspect that we'd like to say, church is just a place we go to get away from it all, right?
1: Mm. That's not true.
0: No. That's not right. Can be. I, yeah. Sometimes it has to be. Yeah. Sometimes church is a sanctuary, but not always. Sometimes, I mean, so in, even in these times, I would say worship can be that place where you go not to get away from it all, but to get focus, get mm-hmm. direction, get a sense of what, what do we do? in this kind of response. And so you don't feel like I just need to um, hide in my house and, and, you know, and just hope it all just passes by, but rather say, I need to go someplace where I can be with other believers and say, how do we respond in a way that um, really makes God's presence known? I think that's great. Yeah.
1: That's what we're after.
0: Yeah. So, can you give me the thumbnail of your of your message on... Sure, yeah. I mean, the, the message,
1: it, I've, I've, it kind of, when I describe it, you'll say it's the perfect message to infuriate everybody. Oh, good, good. good. Um, <laughs> because I, I not only hewed my voice to the idea that black lives matter in mm-hmm. the United States and that hate has no home in these United States and mm-hmm. that racism is not an okay thing to feel... We have to stop enabling that that's okay and all right for you. It's just not my bag. No, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely wrong. As a as a utilitarian and a humanist, I reject racism completely, out of hand. It's not okay. Your culture is not okay if that's part of it. And so, having given that preamble, I basically said all the Tenants of Black Lives Matter without uttering the phrase Black Lives Matter, which probably disappointed some people. Mm. And then I made it very clear that, uh, that there are many stakeholders in the process and that we cannot shut out certain groups of people in the conversations because their actions in the past seem to indicate that, that they don't want to be part of the solution. So my mm. message was to the police, we need you. We need yeah, you now more yeah. than ever. We need you at the table. We want you in the discussion. How do we do this better? Because the way things have worked so far are, is, is not working for, for people any longer.
0: Boy, Charlie, um, that's fantastic. Some well, of the- I hope
1: people can hear it, and I hope I said it. It, in yeah. a clear enough way, because I'm not—I I didn't use a manuscript, I mm-hmm. didn't use an outline. I, I had an outline, and then I just put it aside yeah. and hoped I was speaking from the heart.
0: But yeah, I don't,
1: you know, I've well, watched it once, and well.
0: one of the things I really appreciate about that message is it—it it, it pushes back against the formulaic phrases that we're given to say.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, I, this morning I was watching. Uh, I like to watch Seth Meyers. His uh, a closer look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting to get re- redundant because we're kind of stuck in these cycles. That's right. That's right. Um, but you know, I, I like some of his critiques, and you now he certainly has a, a bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking after I watched him watching it that oh now I know what to say because mm-hmm. I watched someone else say things really smartly, and now I know what to say. It can help. It can help, but then I st- I could end up getting into this. Um, camp of these are the things I'm supposed to say. Sure. These are the things I'm not supposed to say. So even right. like the phrase Black Lives Matter, which I am completely behind the, the sentiment and the idea behind that, but if I start just saying Black Lives Matter, I am now in this camp and um, I've otherized people who disagree with me and I've made myself two dimensional. Right. The, I guess I, my pushback
1: on that would be and y- yes. Catchphrases can shut people down right. that are not already on board. I get it. So in the, in the, in the struggle for, for LGBTQ rights, hmm. there was a phrase, silence equals death. Right. And so right. if you said silence equals death, you were saying, stating very clearly, I'm with human rights campaign. I'm with gay, gay liberation and struggle. I'm with, in, in such a way that someone who's not with that yet, Mm. might automatically shut themselves down. Right, right. However, I have to say, if you're not with the phrase, black lives matter, if you can't just say that and embrace it in its totality, I, well, I feel yeah. like you need to do some inward searching. I get that it's a catchphrase. hmm But I think you need to do some (laughs) inward searching about why you have a problem with that.
0: Right. Try to understand where they're coming from. Learn the deeper context of what that phrase means. And don't just say, well, all lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. But there's a reason why we need to say. Not an appropriate response. Yeah. There's a reason why we need to say black lives matter in this context, in this country.
1: To me, it reminds me of why we hang a rainbow flag out in front of a church,
0: Mm. which for
1: some people is is still a a bridge too far in their privileged uh, sanctuary. Um, The idea that the people that you're you're hanging that flag for do not know they're welcome in your church, right? Unless you give them the visible sign that they are welcome, and you could say, they don't know.
0: Yeah, you could say, oh no, all people are welcome. Well, their experience has been churches that say all people are welcome. That's right.
1: It's not your fault that they don't know they're welcome, but then you do have an opportunity to press past that and provide an explicit welcome.
0: Yeah. But I like how also you said we need to have other people, you know, and you said explicitly the police need to be at the table as well. Absolutely.
1: And firefighters and and EMTs, people that are affected by the the danger created by rioting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So to say this- Because these
1: are all symptoms, right? Right. These are symptoms- The Mm. way the police are sometimes caught in these actions Mm -hmm. is a symptom of a problem that we have in our nation. Yeah, yeah. They are a symptom. They are not the root cause of it. I don't believe that for a second. Just like homophobia is a symptom of a system. Yeah. Heterosexism, rather, is a symptom of a system. So, uh, you know.
0: uh, So before we go any further, Charlie. Sorry. <laughs> we, we should own who we are. Amen, brother. And say we are two white men. Two white men. Preachers. F- right, of preachers the Christian but tradition. People of, of privilege trying mm-hmm. to address uh, s- the, this rage that comes out of systemic, deep seated racism yeah. in our country. And so there is a place where we just cannot speak. That's right. Uh, and, and so we need to both own that, and, you know, so, and we're going to do our best. And, and I also think there are places where we have to speak, which is why this, pod, this, this devotional, I almost said podcast, but I guess it is, this devotional right. is so important because I know um, the majority of my audience are, are white. I can't speak for yours. I would assume the majority
1: of my audience are white as well.
0: Yeah, so you know, this is where we still have a platform. Um, mm-hmm. People listen to us. So we need to speak. We need to say something. Right. about what's but, going but, on.
1: But in this, in this format, I think we can say we're speaking for ourselves. Yes. I, I do not speak for black folks in this format. It's it's not my place. Right. It's their, their place to have their own voices. However, I must speak in support of black folks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, all folks, but in this special moment, including and especially black folks.
0: Yeah. So so you were talking about the systemic how systemic it is. And mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about this morning that for a long time it felt like the way to combat racism is to say is for everyone to be able to say I see all people as just beautiful. I see all people as equal. I love everyone and I so I'm not racist, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a, a very individualistic approach is I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to make sure that I try not to judge others and I love people and that's how it's mm-hmm. going to be. And then and, and that's, you know, good. Okay. If, if, if that's a step, that's fine, but that's not where we can be anymore. Right. Uh, and, and I know that one of the responses I've heard many times is if you see all people, if you don't see color, that's the response. I don't see color. Right. right. You know, I don't, I don't see color. Then you don't see diversity. You don't see, um, you know, gifts that people can bring to the table, but you also don't see struggles that people may have because of who they are.
1: Mm-hmm. That's uh, and, right.
0: You know, and so, so you're missing. It's, it's an unempathetic response.
1: Right. Walk walk through the uh, walk through the MFA or the or the Met and 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 go through those exhibits and tell me you don't see color. Mm. W- what what on earth are you saying? That that art exists without color and that right. humans. God's most, most exquisite art do not have color? Mm. Of course they do. Of course we do. We all have color. Some of us are pastier and fry in the sun after five <laughs> minutes, and then others have richer, darker tones. Right. It's-
0: and, and with that comes a palette of experiences of of, of different types of identity, of, of mm-hmm. ways of being, of cultural markers. And... Um, struggles Mm -hmm. you know that 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 some have that others don't because of what they look like that's absolutely right and so that's the as 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 white people i think that's one of the things we really need to try to understand is to live in america is not the same for every person because of how you look
1: right I, I believe that's true.
0: Yeah. yeah now, th-
1: now, why are I think we need to be really explicit about yeah. why why pastors are a part of this conversation? <laughs> because sometimes when you talk about race in congregations, people's mm-hmm. response to that is, "This is politics. This doesn't this doesn't mm-hmm. belong in church." How how would you respond oh, if I'm geez. a congregant and I'm approaching you and you say, "And and I say, why are you being so political?"
0: Well, that's a tough. I mean, it's hard to not be political when you read the prophets, mm. or or when you look at what or Jesus, Jesus, or Christ. Jesus, yeah, or Jesus Christ. So <laughs> living under empire, <laughs> right? I mean, if it it there's a difference between policy and politics. There's a difference between you know human rights and then pushing a political platform.
1: Good point. Yeah, I mean churches have historically marked this this boundary. They yeah. have said we will focus on issues yep. because we care for the welfare of the place where we are where we are. Yeah. Um, invoking the prophets that we're talking about the exile to Babylon. They would say, because we care about the welfare of the city where we live, we will we will address issues. We will not talk about candidates. Yeah. And and classically that is what gets churches in trouble in terms of uh, tax repercussions, when the government gets angry at a church and they want to levy some kind of punishment, they will say, well, you've lost your tax-exempt status because you supported one candidate over another. Right. But I, I don't believe a church has ever lost their tax-exempt status for talking about issues that matter to them as an expression of their faith.
0: Right. And, that's, and so this is when we see, you know, children of God being treated unjustly, Mm-hmm. It should raise, you know, it should raise ire in us. It should cause us to be
1: angry. And I know I do this all the time, but I'm, I'm just going to keep referring to Matthew 25. Yeah. Um, and Jesus speaking about the least of these.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not that I think my black brothers and sisters are the least of these, but when I see them repeatedly treated like the least of these, I yeah. start to get the message that they are. So there's a phenomenal uh, educator named Jane Elliott. Do you know her? No. Okay, brown eyes, blue eyes. She did this oh, oh. famous experiment in her third grade class. I know that.
0: Yes, I do know She this.
1: identified some kids had brown and some had blue eyes, and so she decided on one particular day the blue-eyed children will be the special ones and the brown-eyed children will be treated poorly. And how right. quickly those children fit into the perfect little racist mantle. Right. It is horrifying when you see how easy it is for humans to behave this way. On the other hand, maybe it'll be comforting because if you've ever harbored thoughts like that, maybe it'll help you understand right. that there is a natural human tendency to look down on others who are different. Yeah. It is a it is clearly a part of our ability set whether we should nurture it or not. Well, that's that's the discussion where many of us say, of course not. We should not. Um, but, but she highlighted this Mm. and she, she, years later, she gave a talk to a number of adults where she said, uh, how do I know racism is not dead? She said, I'd like to see a show of hands of anyone. I'm paraphrasing Mm. who would like to trade, trade places with black folks in the United States today and be treated exactly the way they are in all cases. Mm. If you'd like to be part of that group, raise your hands. Wow. Well, nobody raises their hands. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody wants to retain whatever privilege they've got. Yeah. So these are videos you can see on YouTube. If you'd like to do so, just we'll put links in the show notes. But Jane Elliott, brown eyes, blue eyes, and then Jane Elliott and that conversation she had is powerful.
0: Yeah. So I you know, when I said don't don't say I don't see color. I, I think the deep introspection of saying how you know you know, what lenses do I carry? How do I see people differently? Mm-hmm. How do I, what are the prejudgments that I form? I think it is important to be aware of that. But then to say, well, I treat everyone equally and everyone should be treated equally is missing the bigger picture.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, and, and that's when we hear about the systemic pushback. Right. And, um, and, and yeah, yeah the, the, I mean, the response of, of many police forces right now is terrifying. Now, it's, many, it I, I, you know, I've also seen others of, of police forces where they're kneeling um, in, in, in solidarity with the protesters. Yeah. Some are yeah, marching interesting. with them.
1: I really appreciate It's like congregations, mm. the range of responses that a local police force can take yeah. to a situation. And it seems to be, um, seems to be divided along the lines of fear, where yeah. we're fearful, although I'm sure people in authority would never admit fear. Mm. I admit it when I feel it. Others are invited to do so as well. Um, When you feel fear, your responses are appropriately fearful and violent. But when you're not afraid of your people, maybe that's the difference. Mm. Again, this is all speculation because we haven't talked to anybody in any of those police forces to know what they're going through. I I will say, I will point out, however, I had a really strong witness from a firefighter Mm -hmm. on Sunday morning who said, can we just say that setting fires is wrong? Can we all agree to that? Mm. And he spoke out of his personal pain, having fought fires mm-hmm. and been hurt by them, Yeah. That, that as soon as you set a fire, the conversation ends. And I absolutely get where he was coming from. However, we're getting multiple reports that uh, sometimes the fires are not set by black folks who are rioting right. over their mistreatment so that cuts both ways and mm-hmm. i wholeheartedly endorsed him i i agree yeah. setting fires is wrong and because of the potential loss of human life uh we can't I, and i i get yeah. that the counter argument would be but a fire has been set in us and fire has been used against us and i understand that but we do still need to meet in a middle ground yeah. and there has to be ground left to meet on yeah. so i don't want to blame rioters or protesters for
0: their anger yeah, but not, I,
1: we do have to address actions sometimes. That's, yeah. that's going to be an unpopular thing to say.
0: But. Well, I, I know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories on both the right and the left of
1: other that's groups right.
0: coming in and causing the destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think anyone really knows what's happening with that. But we know that during the day there are peaceful protests but filled with anger. And, and that anger needs to be voiced. It does.
1: It does. It deserves a voice.
0: Yeah. So what do um, we do, Charlie? What do we... Oh, boy.
1: What do we do? Well, I guess we got to keep talking. Yeah. We have to keep discussing. And I think mm-hmm. if you can make these conversations part of what you do in your daily life, and don't... White folks get tired of talking about this issue. They get. They, they seem to get quickly exhausted. Well, imagine how exhausting it is wondering if every street you walk down is going to be a street that someone decides you don't belong on right and they they call the police on you imagine how tiring that would be and i just i feel like maybe we can take this moment whether it's in honor of of George Floyd or mm. or whatever we we need we need to to take a moment to speak through these things and continue the conversation
0: yeah i i think you know, for, uh, again, you and I serve mostly white context. And there's a conversation that needs to happen internally.
1: Yeah. We need uh, to talk about it. We need to keep talking yeah. about why this matters, why this is important. We need to yeah. see what systems are in place that make this so hard for, for folks that, that are not us, that, that are us. So right. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And, and reaching out and asking an African-American brother or sister to help is is not a, a bad thing but recognize they may be exhausted oh at, please yeah at trying to help another well-meaning group of white people <laughs> like we need to they, you know they've it, given us lots of chances yeah
1: they've they really talked have. they've
0: talked to us a lot already so it, it's something where we should be doing the work ourselves and we're not ready to have if we're not ready to have that that broader conversation um, you know, we need to keep. It's a, talking and to, it's
1: okay for white folks to talk about issues of ethnicity. Yeah, it's it's that's okay. It's good. It's good to talk about disparity. It's good to discuss it. Don't say I don't get a voice just because I'm white. You you still have a responsibility to have this conversation. And I right. I think as a person of faith, you still have a responsibility.
0: So you had some books. Oh that gosh, you I want got so many books. But let
1: me just. Yeah. Can we circle? I know we're running long. Let's no, cir- okay. circle back to the point of looting because one of the mm. tactics that white folks inadvertently use is they just address looting and rioting and violence and they say this doesn't this this as soon as you start looting that's the end of the discussion. Mm. Uh, I think I think that's a a privileged thing to be able to say. So let me let me read you what James Baldwin said in his 1968 interview with Esquire magazine. They oh. they asked him how would you define somebody who smashes the window of a television store? and takes what he wants all right because because he objects to the term looters because hmm. his his famous quote is i wonder who's looting whom baby this is 1968 so he says baby oh, yeah so they say how do you how do you what do you define somebody who smashes in the window and he says before i get to that how would you define somebody who puts a cat where he is and takes all the money out of the ghetto where he makes it who is looting whom grabbing hmm. off the tv set he doesn't really want the tv set he says, on television, you always see black hands reaching in, you know, and so the American mm. public concludes that these savages are trying to steal everything from us, and no one has seriously tried to, to get what the trouble is. After all, you're accusing a captive population who has been robbed of everything of looting. I think it's obscene. So that's yeah. James Baldwin's response. James Baldwin, Be- yeah. a much deeper thinker on issues oh, yeah. of ethnicity and humanity than I probably will ever be. Um, and just go ahead and read any book by James Baldwin. Yeah.
0: Book. Read anything, anything. Or watch by the, James There's videos Ball. of him speaking to that, that man. That's is... right. But let's
1: but let's talk about faith because we are yeah. we are here in faith. So um, James H. Cohn is probably one of the mm. preeminent black liberation theologians. And there's two books I would recommend from James H. Cohn. If you want to learn more and understand faith perspectives on, I hate to use the word race, Mm. but it's kind of the word that makes sense. I mean, one race, humanity, however. um, He wrote the book, A Black Theology of Liberation, which was a Mm. watershed volume. Uh, Is it an easy read for non-academics? It might push you and challenge Mm -hmm. you a little bit, uh, but it's worth reading, I will say. And, And I don't raise my voice in a question. I just. I want you to be able to read it. And for some yeah. scholarly volumes, they get bogged down in. Anyway, I know it won't happen with you, Jonathan. Um, oh, thanks. But if you'd like something a little more accessible, but no less important, The Cross and the Lynching Tree. It was a book yeah. that was recommended to me a year ago when I spoke out of my privilege. And uh, one of my black uh, theology friends said, you've, you've missed an opportunity, my brother. <laughs> Now go to the well and read The Cross and the Lynching Tree. And she was right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Robin DePena. I'm glad I've read this book. It's it's helpful. Uh, Howard Thurman, Jesus and the Disinherited. Another landmark book that every Christian deserves to read. You should know how black folks feel when we talk about theology and how it relates to them. Um, mm-hmm. Emily M. Towns, a two, two, little more scholarly novel, Womanist Ethics and Cultural Production of Evil, Emily M. Towns. She is a black theologian, a woman of color who writes powerfully about uh, the black experience and, and how a culture – I mean, it's right in the title. Mm. Um, Katie G. Cannon is another uh, black woman theologian that you should read. And the more accessible work is Katie's Canon. Womanism and the Soul of the Black Community. Uh, I found this book through a recommendation of Howard Thurman, and uh, it, it mm. defines a womanist experience in the face of overwhelming pressure. It's it's important. Let me also add, mm. this: this book is not theology, but it's mm-hmm. been instructive for me lately, and I think it helps me understand better some of the undertow that's happening in society. And it's not I'm bringing this book up as a, as a white heterosexual man who understands that gender and, and white privilege have enabled me to get certain things in life that others might not have gotten. Hmm. Uh, but Grayson Perry, Grayson Perry is an artist and he wrote a book called The Descent of Man. Hmm. And it is addressing the toxic masculinity that he has experienced in Britain And it also holds true for the United States. And some of what we're seeing when when men stand up to other men and their chests touch, and we're getting back into these kind of chrome magnon level behaviors, there is a machismo that Mm. can get in the way. And I will say to my strong brothers in faith, there is a moment when your masculinity is no longer serving you it's ruling you Mm. and i think sometimes at our most macho we are our least faithful yeah and i don't i I think men are great i love being a man i celebrate Mm -hmm. manhood masculinity you don't have to save manhood from me but i i think this is an important uh sidebar to to discuss as well all right i'm i've spoken too much
0: No, that's okay. I think you said some good... I would also add um, Jim Wallace's book, America's Original Sin. Hey, thank you. Yeah, good point. Um, Yeah, and he's he's done some good work on that. Um, For non-faith books, but books that I think really help with the conversation, of course, Tanahashi Coates' uh, Mm. Between the World and Me... Yeah. Is is brilliant. Uh, we Michelle read that Ale- in the
1: church book group last year. Yeah,
0: we did as well. Um, uh, Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow, mm-hmm. is just uh, um, uh, an insightful investigation into the systems of racism. Nice. Uh, and then um, um, Brian, I can't remember his last name. Just Mercy uh, is uh, is a really good book. Uh, oh, that's that an easier one. read. Yeah, that was made into a movie recently too. Oh, you know, oh, so, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that's about. So those, so, you know, read a book, talk about <laughs> right. it with other people. That's right. <laughs> that's Devotion
1: it. Reading a book is a devotional act when, you, when yeah. you do it in a spirit of prayer and thinking about how it influ- might influence your, your walk.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, and talk to other people in your faith community and say, hey, I've been reading this book. Could you read it too? Let's talk about it. Let's really understand what's going on. And, and then maybe you're ready to, you know, reach out to other, like reach out to community leaders. Um, I, I know, uh, uh, you know, reach out to um, other, now, now you're ready to reach out to people of other ethnicities uh, and to say, hey, I, I think I'm getting this, but can you help me? I want to know if, I, if I'm on the right track or not, or even say, what can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I help? But, um, you know, just to sit by and do nothing yeah is a sin.
1: It's, it's time- it's it was, It's been time for a long time to yeah. stop doing nothing. Well, shall we move to prayer, Charlie? Let's do it. I am standing in the
0: need of prayer. How about you? Oh, nice. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, and I have a prayer by Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. It, it seemed appropriate for this time. Hopefully it's not cliche.
1: Well, there, there are some folks who say we've moved past the time for... Martin Luther King Jr., and I understand why mm. they might feel that way, but I, right. I think we've, we've got someone who is a proclaimed Christian, who walked the Christian walk. I think, I think he's one of our saints, and we need to lift him up. Yeah. All right, do you want to, um, you begin? I'll start, okay. and then,
0: yeah, and I'll end with that. Okay, let's pray. God, sometimes we just don't have the words to speak to the pain that we see. Help us to be present, challenge us in those places where we may be afraid, comfort us in those places where the fear is overwhelming, and then continue to lead us and guide us and push us to be your people, especially in this time.
1: God, help us to understand that you are with us in all of this, that you are with us in the swirl of fire and and shouted rhetoric and anger Lord I also ask that you would be with all those who are involved in in the riots and the protesting God keep them safe help them to exercise their voices but help us to to honor that sometimes we can hurt others in ways that do not represent our faith at all and so yes Lord I will ask that though there is a fire in our hearts Help us not to start fires. Help us to understand that we have a responsibility to all the people in our lives, all beloved children of you, and that we need to use this time to work towards peace and resolution and addressing the systems within that need to be addressed. And if change needs to come, and Lord, I believe it does, let it come and soon
0: and from Martin Luther King Jr. Most gracious and all-wise God, before whose face the generations rise and fall, thou in whom we live and move and have our being, we thank thee for all thy good and gracious gifts, for life and for health, for food and for raiment, for the beauties of nature and the love of human nature. We come before thee painfully aware of our inadequacies and our shortcomings. We realize that we stand surrounded with the mountains of love and we deliberately dwell in the valley of hate. We stand amid the forces of truth and deliberately lie. We are forever offered the high road and yet we choose the low to travel the low road. For these sins, O God, forgive. Break the spell of that which blinds our minds. Purify our hearts that we may see Thee. O God, in these turbulent days when fear and doubt are mounting high, give us broad visions, penetrating eyes, and power of endurance. Help us to work with renewed vigor for a warless world, for a a better distribution of wealth, and for a brotherhood that transcends race or color. In the name of the Spirit of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Oh, man. Thank you. Love it. I mm-hmm. love that, that coda, in the name of the spirit of Jesus. That's lovely. I've yeah, never I've nice. never said that at the end of a prayer.
0: Well, you could start using it. I think King would be fine with that. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. If you go through your days wondering,
1: would Martin Luther King Jr. be happy with my actions today, you'd, you'd probably make a lot of good choices.
0: Yeah. Usually, I think, is my mother going to yell at me for this? Right. But... So actually, that may be an easier day for me, just to say, well, I've just got to think about Martin Luther King Jr. and mm-hmm. give my mother a rest. Maybe. Maybe.
1: <laughs> oh, Jonathan, it's good to talk to you, including about hard things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, likewise, Charlie.
1: I hold our nation in prayer.
0: Yeah, all of us, we need to pray for our leaders, pray for those who are the least, pray for everyone. And, and yeah, we just got to give it to God. Amen. Okay. Be well, everyone. Take care. Bye.